Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Two seconds. He'll get a shot off on the way. Got it. Finds Ward and there's his game winner. On the move, on the way. Tucker will score. Sean Tucker with a touchdown. Gillen. Got it. Derek, you win. Are you serious? Five down. One to go. Syracuse is playing for the national title. It's too long, and Syracuse is your national champion. Who's out? Who's out? Who's out? Who's out? What's up, Syracuse fans? It's Mike McAllister from AllSyracuse.com, part of the Sports Illustrated Fan Nation Network, with episode 64 of the Believe in Syracuse podcast, presented by Bet Online and Hoffman Sausage Company. Sammy and Josh are back with me today to talk Syracuse football, more transfer portal, Syracuse basketball. But before we get into all that, we have a very special guest with us. We have Joe Moore, Richmond offensive line transfer who's committed to Syracuse to play his final year of college football. Joe, welcome to the program. Thanks so much for taking some time for us. Hey, thank you for having me. So the first... Go ahead, Josh. I'm just saying you missed a very important step before you start. Yes, Joe is a, a Oh, yes, we have to talk about multi-year the... starter, you know what I'm saying? But we got the volunteer <laughs> state in the house, baby. You know, Memphis, yes, man. Sir, you know a little, 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 little whoop but out of state we also love. So right now mm-hmm. we connected right now. We got Tennessee in the house. So I'm I'm, I'm, I'm happy that my, my volunteer brothers are in here right with me. For, for those new yes, to, to the podcast, Josh is a very uh, proud um he's he's from the memphis area he's he's very memphian. proud I think that's how they stand. memphian we'll call up yeah okay there you go that's that's a new term for me so uh <laughs> but anyway he's he is very proud of where he's from talks about it regularly so um we have uh some commonality there between him and joe um joe i wanted to start with with this you went through the recruiting process as a high school prospect now you got to go through it as a transfer portal player what was the biggest difference you noticed between going through this as a high school prospect, trying to figure out where you wanted to go, and then doing the same as a grad transfer in the portal and trying to figure out where you wanted to spend your last year of college football? For me personally, I was fortunate enough, kind of, it was a lot more hectic the second go around. Uh, great problem to have, but uh, kind of in high school, I had a few FCS offers, and that was pretty much it. And this this time, it was a lot different. Like the first couple of days being in the portal was just coaches calling, 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 uh, Twitter DMs. But the biggest difference that I found is in high school, I, I noticed this especially on my visit when I took it up to Syracuse. Is like in high school, they're trying to give you like the glitz and the glam and just impress you like you're a young kid, like trying to get you there, whatever. But when going in as a grad transfer, it's a lot more of like a business decision and talking, going and talking football, like making life decisions for my immediate future. Like I'm coming in with one year left. I, I I'm not really necessarily looking to be like wine and dine and uh, like location necessarily. Like I'm looking for best football fit to take me this next year, develop me to the league. Basketball is back and bet online remains your number one source for all your sports betting needs this season. You'll always find the latest odds, team matchup info, player news, and game trends at bet online. And as your continued source for all sports wagering information, Bet Online features live betting, free contests, and giveaways all season long. Always the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports and events, whether that's NFL, NBA, NHL, MMA, tennis, boxing, or even golf. 
Head to betonline.ag to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure to use promo code BELIEVE, that's B-L-E-A-V, to receive your rewards. Bet online where the game starts. Yeah, clearly not worried about location because he's picking the place with a giant snowstorm right now when he's he's uh, coming from, you know, a much warmer climate. Uh, Josh, we'll go to you for, for the next question. So, you know, like I said, you know, Big Mike gave my uh, my bio away. You know, one of the things I talked, I, I said to you before we started, you know, I appreciate you, you know, putting off of the FCS, you know, guys. You know, they, uh, like you said, you know, uh, underrepresented and underserved um, group of football in terms of recruiting and, you know, attention, honestly. But um, so how do you feel about, you know, looking at some of your schedule? Not a lot of primetime FBS opponents for you at your time in Richmond. You actually did play Virginia this year, a common opponent with SU. So, you know, how do you feel about the jumper competition? You know, going from Richmond to playing in the ACC, you know, how are you preparing yourself? And um, what is like, what do you just, how do you feel about this? Um, I mean, personally, I'm really excited. I've played four, uh, four years at the FCS level and, and I've always felt like that I pretty, pretty excel. And we've played uh, since I started, started uh, my sophomore year. Uh, we've played Boston College. Uh, last year we played Virginia Tech and we played uh, UVA twice. And every one time we've played one of those games, I've, I've uh, re- like rose to my competition and have, have had very successful games, obviously, or or SU wouldn't have come, come looking at me. Like Coach Schmidt, he said that he watched specifically. First thing he did was my game against UVA this year. And when I went on my visit, he broke down that game. Um so I think it's a jump. It'll be a jump for sure, but I think it's a jump that I very easily can make. Just got to put my mind to it, uh, keep working. But I'm definitely excited to be able to show that I can play against the best competition week in and week out, not just once a year thing. Go ahead, now, Let me. Uh, I was like, oh, uh, let me get one more before I yeah, throw this. Yeah, go ahead. Just talking about because again, talking about offensive line. That's you know, oh well, at the position, but you, you, we both know in the trenches. It's, you know, you're versatile. You had you play whatever the coach throws you out there. So I know I'm, I'm observing you on the roster. You play at tackle. You know, it seemed to be that's what you primarily played at. But uh, is there is that what you're going to stay at? You know, obviously we have a tackle going to the draft. Are you looking to kick inside? Like where does your position lay? You know, going in the issue. Not switching a punter, I don't think. <laughs> no, not punting. <laughs> Definitely staying in the trenches. Um. So yeah, I played uh, four years. I've been a right tackle my whole career. Uh, I've played guard here and there, like in practice, but I've never actually gone in in a game. And getting recruited to SU, uh, Coach Schmidt and Coach Dino is they're they're planning on just keeping me at tackle, okay. getting to stay on the outside. Yes, sir. You definitely like that big jump in terms of the, the athletes that you're going against. You know, week in and week out. So that is, I'll be I'll be excited to see it. Syracuse mm-hmm. has a need there because Matthew Bergeron's expected to go pro, so that means one of your starting tackles is out. So you bring in someone with 40-plus games of experience. The fit makes a lot of sense there. Go ahead, Sammy. No, 100%. And I actually wanted to jump back to your answer uh, to Mike's first question. You talked about the chaos of that, this go-around versus your first time. How did you, you end up with SU at the end of all of that chaos? Um. So, yeah, I entered the portal, and within, like, 15, 20 minutes, I had, like, three Sunbelt offers and then a few kind of other ones. And the first two days of uh, recruiting was pretty much all group of five schools, uh, most of the Sunbelt, a lot of the Conference USA, a couple American schools. And then a few of the P5 schools were kind of reaching out, uh, following me on Twitter, but not really too serious. 
And then uh, on, I think it was like a Wednesday, I got a call from Coach Schmidt. He was talking to me and uh, halfway through the conversation, he was like, are you in Richmond or Nashville right now? I told him Richmond. He goes, all right, give me a second. I'm about to go get a plane ticket. I got to come talk to you. And so he was up in Boston recruiting and got a plane ticket. And he called me back, told me he's flying into Washington, D.C., which is two and a half, three hours from Richmond. And so he flew in that night, drove, came, met me at my house, uh, probably about 830 at night, I think. We talked for about an hour, hour and a half, and he was uh, kind of selling SU, telling me what he thought of me, how much he liked me, and uh, gave, uh, walked away, he gave me the offer. It's tailgating season, and no one does it better than Hoffman's Sausage Company. Beer bratwurst, jalapeno cheddar sausage, kibasi, and bun-length chicken sausage. Add them to the menu with classic German Franks and snappy grillers, and fans will go wild. Proudly made in New York since 1879, when you bite into a Hoffman, you experience a little bit of upstate history. Taste tells, Hoffman is a proud partner of Syracuse University Athletics. But yeah, that's it's always interesting to hear those little stories about, you know, uh, you can tell how much a coach wants you with, depend on how he reacts with, with stuff like that. He, he just mm-hmm. basically decides to cut another recruiting trip short to, to come uh, fly out and see you. Uh, that's that's pretty telling. Um, tell me about your visit when when you were up at Syracuse. What did you see? Was was there a certain moment that kind of clinched that this was the right place for you? What was the visit like? I know you said that it was more business and, and not as glitz and glam as um, you know, when you're a high school prospect, but you know, this, just walk us through the visit. Um, and you know, if, if there was a moment or two where it kind of sealed the deal for you in, in your commitment. So my visit was great. Uh, uh, going in, I think the first thing they had was like meetings with the academic advisors and kind of like just talking about the school's academics. And before they went, uh, they pulled me aside and were like, hey, I'm sure you don't want to do this. Like, we can go just meet just you and our academic advisor specifically and specifically talk about you and like what grad school programs uh, are available. And so that right there, I kind of realized like, OK, this is definitely going to be a little different. They they care. They kind of understand. Like, I don't need to go go on the whole campus tour, like do all this, uh, whatnot. But um, I got going into the visit. Uh, I'd been told a lot of young guys in the offensive line room, obviously losing uh, Matthew Bergeron, and it was going to be a great opportunity for me. And so my biggest thing going into that visit was being able to go see practice because that way I could get a firsthand look of, okay, Coach Schmidt is is uh, telling me the truth or Coach Schmidt is lying. Like they have these guys that are obviously their guys. And so I got to practice and everything he said lined up with with what I was seeing. Uh, I really liked the way practice was ran uh, and then the energy that Coach Dino was giving me uh, or giving the team while I was there. And I pretty much just connected with everyone. Like all the coaches were so nice, so cool. And specifically uh, Chris Bleich, the right guard, he um, he was my host and me and him hit it off like almost immediately. We have a whole lot in common. Dude. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And we had a lot in common and very similar goals for our future. So that was kind of cool to know who I would be playing next to and uh, know that I already kind of have a chemistry with him. But what really did it is I had made kind of halfway through the visit had planned like, okay, this is where I want to go. This is where I'm going to come. But I was going to wait towards towards the tail end of the visit. And on Saturday after practice, I had a, I had a one-on-one meeting with Coach Dino and just kind of the way he was talking to me, the energy he brought and his philosophies. I, I walked out of the meeting. I was like, coach, I need to be an orange. This is it. 
Yeah, and uh, there's there's a little uh, part of that, that that Joe wasn't telling you, which is I actually DM'd him in the middle of the visit, and that's what sealed the deal for the commitment. It was I'd actually committed out. about an hour before that, <laughs> oh, crap. but I could feel it coming. <laughs> <laughs> See, I, I had I had that inkling, right? That sixth sense from covering recruiting for so long. I, I better reach no, out. We to were this at guy. the uh, we were at the basketball game, the Georgia Tech game, and I'd committed, walked Georgetown. right over to the game. Oh, Georgetown. Yeah, yes. my fault, my fault. And uh, okay. I, I seen you had followed me, and I was just like, my mind was blown. I was like, how does anybody know already? Like, he's on top of his stuff. No, uh, facts. He is uh, 007 out here for I, But remember, I, there's a lot of things that I know that I can't report. So I knew you were there, mm-hmm. but um, it wasn't reportable information at that, at that mm-hmm. time. So I followed you. I just wanted to, you know, get in touch with you and try to, you know, reach out and say, hey, I'm here. When you're going to do something, please give me a heads up. And uh, and you did, which I, I greatly appreciate it. So, um, yeah, I, I guess th- the next thing I, I just wanted to ask is, what was your impression of the Dome and the kind of the game day atmosphere when you were at the basketball game? Oh, it was it was it was sweet. I, I, I know it was a basketball game, so it was like maybe a quarter filled of what it'll be for football games. But I definitely saw the vision when I walked in, like, like, obviously, I appreciate all my time at Richmond and uh, everything that uh, they've given me and I've given them. But that four or five thousand it's a difference. stadium it's is a, a lot difference. different than It's than a difference, bro. You can say yeah. it. Is. I understand. Yeah, Nine to ten sure. versus 60,000. Sure. It's a difference, bro. It's different. And, like, even just sitting in that basketball game, I was like, this is, like, louder than any sporting event I've been to at Richmond, like, home or away. And like even including like our uh, Virginia game and everything, and I was like, "This it is this louder. is sweet. This is it." Oh, I, I've heard. <laughs> I've been louder. hearing all the stories about it. Nah, Joe, there's definitely one. You know, obviously, like I said, just coming off the field. You know, coming from a, a FCS school too. You know, one of the biggest reasons I got into the media space is to you know bring more you know humanistic quality to athletes. We have a lot of you know stereotypes and ways that were looked at, but you know, being an athlete and being able to. Uh, you know, articulate certain things in certain ways and having access to, I, I think is important. So, like I said, you're a, a proud volunteer yourself based on the, the flag and the Taylor Lewan jersey in the back. Yes, sir. Um, <laughs> how do you feel about, again, because Richmond, um, still in the South, not they not deep South like Tennessee still, but like still Southern, you know, uh, similar culture. So how are you preparing yourself for, A, like you said, you know, the jump in, um, you know, competition and just resources, you know, like you said, your biggest game at Richmond is going to be every game at SU. How are you dealing with that? And then uh, how are you dealing for yourself personally, like preparing yourself and going from the South to upstate New York? Um, I mean, one thing for as for like going from the South to, to New York is I've kind of noticed is on a football team, a lot of the guys are all pretty like-minded, got the same mindset. So like fitting in with the guys themselves, like I don't really – really see having it being a problem like obviously Richmond I got teammates from all over like it's the same way everywhere so that I don't see really I mean I don't see anything being an issue but I feel like I should mesh especially from who I met on my visit and everything I should mesh in just fine there and I'm only going to be there for a year and I'll be playing ball and going to school so I plan is to not really like you know I've probably won't get into too much stuff outside of that to like really like notice too much of a difference besides besides the snow but uh <laughs> but i told coach dino that's why i got big ass jacket <laughs> nah, <laughs> right. you're, gonna, you're gonna need it bro and buy mm-hmm. you're gonna have to buy the jackets up here keep you cold <laughs> <laughs> no they were telling me uh i knew i knew i was in for something when uh on my visit i got in uh 
we got in and I uh, was waiting outside for uh, for the car. And I'm in a big old like parka puffer jacket. And I'm like, all right, it's not horrible, but it's it's pretty cold right now. And then uh, the recruiter who was with me was in a sweatshirt just looking around going, hmm, it feels real nice today. And I was yeah. like, oh, okay. All I, right, uh, this is what we're getting. <laughs> I'm, I'm a Central New York native, Syracuse native. Um, I, I was in shorts and Crocs walking around today. So that tells you. <laughs> yeah, well, not it's me. I'll be bundled it's five up. degrees. It, <laughs> I'll be bundled up. It doesn't, sure. doesn't even phase me at, at this point. Uh, Sammy, you go ahead. Well, I want to go just kind of do your preference here on tackle. You played a lot of right tackle while you were at Richmond. So I'm going to ask, what about your game do you think makes you fit into that right tackle position so well? Um, uh, one, the big thing kind of that's been my selling point really is experience. I've got, I've got, I mean, even in high school, I play right tackle. So if you want to go back to high school, that's seven, eight years of playing right tackle. At this point, it's uh, comfortability. Uh, I've kind of more or less mastered it. Not mastered, but I've, I've gotten pretty pretty good at it. Um, and and uh, I got a lot of, like, I like to finish. Like, my run blocking is definitely definitely one of my strong suits. And, you know, usually you got your left tackles, your pass protector, protecting the blind side. And then that right tackle is going to be more of your mauler. Go go uh, put a body on a guy. Go finish him. And that that's how I think I, I fit in pretty well. I, th- I think a right tackle, I immediately think of Lane Johnson. It's the first mm-hmm. guy I think of. And nice. you talk about Mauler, that, that guy. Him and uh, Lyle Collins. Yeah, that's a good one, too. That is a good one, too. Um, we'll, we'll get you out of here on this. Um, tell some Syracuse fans a little bit about who you are off the field. Like, what, what do you do for fun? Kind of music do you listen to? Maybe music you listen to to get you pumped up for a game? A couple hobbies? Um, get, give Syracuse fans a little insight into uh, who Joe Moore is. For sure. So I, I may be from Nashville and this might come to a surprise to a lot of people, but I'm not the biggest country music fan. I'll I'll start it off right here. I'll I'll let everyone know. I'll listen to it. It's the summertime out on a boat or cruising down windows down. Sure, I'll listen to it, but it's gotta be really the right vibe for that. But uh music wise, I listen to a lot of like rap trap music. My favorite artists are No Cap, Young Dolph, and Future. Um, I, Flipper, man. I know who Future is. I like this guy, man. I know who Future is. <laughs> I like is. this I guy. You know I got it. one out of three. I got one there out of three. Go. I'm, I'm good go. with that. And then um, pregame music, uh, those three. But then I'll listen to a lot of Kodak Black before games as well. Um, outside of, of football. <laughs> there we go. There we go. <laughs> Make progress. Outside of football, uh, uh, one of my biggest like favorite things to do is me and my roommates, we play a lot of PlayStation 2K all the time, always running it. I'll stand by us. I'll beat anyone in Syracuse in 2K. I'll stand by that right now. <laughs> not me. Not me. I try another, I guarantee one. Try I another one. Try another one. We got to set right. this up. We got to now. Got to now. But uh, other than that, real hobbies that I have, uh, I play the guitar. I've kind of been playing oh, nice. the last two years. I've been able to, fortunate enough at Richmond to take some like private lessons as uh, one of my classes, and I've really enjoyed doing that. And then – Again, offensive linemen, this might come to a surprise. I like to cook. <laughs> but yeah, so that that's me. I like to eat, so this is this is working <laughs> out well. Josh and, yes, and Joe can can battle it out on PlayStation, and then when they're done, Joe can cook me some, something to eat. That's <laughs> I, like I think we got it all all set. Uh one one last thing I'll add before we we let Joe go is um, you know, I, I know FCS to F to FBS and FCS to power five, and some people will make a big deal ab- about that jump. But since the portal 
has become a thing and become the normal in college football, that's happening a lot, especially with linemen. I feel like that's, that's happening quite a bit. Um, you just look at last year, uh, actually a defensive lineman Syracuse went after that ended up going to Florida state. Jared verse went from the FCS level to the power five level. And, and he's going to end up getting drafted this year. So, you know, it, it's, it's going to be it's happening more and more because there's recruits that, that fall through the cracks and um, that develop and end up being ready for that jump. Rhode, Rhode Island has a, a guy in a similar position as Joe that he has like 30 offers out of the portal. So it's yeah. definitely, yeah, you know, it's uh, happening more and more. Uh, uh, Billy Napier, he brought his guy from Louisiana, one of the interior alignments, Osiris Torrance. He'll probably like, I think, well, like you said, in the trenches specifically, people see the physicality and those those traits translate more than, you know, the gap in like a skill position or something like that. So if you mm-hmm. can be a dog offensive lineman in the, um, the Sun Belt, I don't, I'm sorry, I'm blanking the conference right now, Joe, in the, in the SWAC, you can pretty much do the same thing at an ACC level 80, 90% effectively. So like, yeah, I, like I said, I'm excited to see the guys, you know, getting more opportunities and it, it seemed like the portal is just opening up even more. And it also tells you that, that, uh, Perhaps when you're evaluating high school prospects that you need to put a little bit more emphasis on productivity on the field and not, well, you're an inch shorter than what I, what I would like, you know, you're six, mm-hmm. six, you're six, five instead of six, six. So I can't recruit you, but mm-hmm. I, I literally just dominated that five-star defensive lineman in six reps in a row on one-on-ones. Yeah, but you're only six, five. I mean that. And then three years later, you're recruiting that same kid because, you know, he's in the portal. So that that type of stuff happens all the time. But Joe, thank you so so much for your time. Really appreciate it. Thanks for all your insight. And uh, we look forward to seeing what you do up at Syracuse. Yes, sir. Thank you. This has been a pleasure. Have a good night. You Thanks, too. Brother. Peace. Thanks to Joe for taking some time for us uh, today. That was that was fantastic. I, I found that very interesting. Not not only with with who he is, but um, some of the little details about his uh, recruiting process and the visit and, and all that. So very interesting. Uh, we'll, we'll get one more thing here on Syracuse football before we transition to basketball. And that's uh, transfer portal activity. We have uh, two notable things that have happened since the last time um, that, that we were with all of you. And that is Jihad Carter is now in the portal and Jeremiah Wilson has withdrawn from the portal. So he is back at Syracuse. Um, We'll start with you, Sammy. Your reaction to both of those uh, uh, both of those pieces of information—the fact that Syracuse gets a, a young cornerback who made the two deep this past year back in Jeremiah Wilson, but then loses starter, starting safety uh, Jihad Carter, who uh, I believe led the team in interceptions this past season. I was going to say it's going to be Carter, and as much as it helps to get one of those players back, losing Carter, someone who's very valuable in that kind of that turnover differential, um, and someone who was very impactful in a lot of big games this season um but again it's another big secondary player that's kind of leaving and you're losing a lot of your talent on the defensive side of the ball that was actually i i thought one of their strengths for a majority of this season it was um so again that's kind of the effect of losing your defensive coordinator their current instability around that defensive side of the ball so that was kind of my my main takeaway from that one but i'm hoping there's some stability around the corner here for for that su side of the ball yeah, because to your point, in addition to that, as as we mentioned last episode, they lost Deuce Chestnut as well to the portal. And uh, Garrett Williams, although everyone kind of expected this, um, has declared for the NFL draft. Now, the good news is with you lose Carter, 
Um, and you do get Jeremiah Wilson back. So you, you figure he was going to be one of the guys that was going to take over uh, for Garrett Williams. But now you have to replace Deuce Chestnut as well. Uh, but the the loss of Jihad Carter is mitigated to some extent by the portal addition of Jaden Gold from Nebraska, um, who was a who was a much more highly regarded recruit coming out of high school than Carter was. Now, of course, the downside is Carter has been in your system for three years. He knows your system. He knows the ACC. He's been productive at this level. Gold hasn't really played yet. So even though he was a very highly touted recruit, you really don't know how that's going to work out. You knew what you had in Carter. You knew you had a good player. So, of course, there's um, th- there's going to be uh, some learning curve there, and, and we'll see what the impact is. But they did grab someone who, in theory, could could come in and, and replace him potentially in the starting lineup. Uh, Josh, your thoughts on Wilson and Carter? Um, it's, 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 it isn't one-to-one. I would let you probably talk about It's not. It's not. It's There's gonna, no question. Like, you know, like you said, Jeremiah is a guy that we – even with Jeremiah, like he's a guy that we think can potentially be good. We've seen he's, – he's – he's if you're just looking at uh, evaluating the, the value of these guys, because that's all we're doing with evaluating the value of these guys, Jeremiah is important. He's important underclassman that's shown potential to be good, important, like you said, made the two deep as a true freshman. But you have Hod over here, a guy, a underclassman with multiple years of starting experience. That's the type of, that's the long, that's the same kind of criteria you have with Deuce to where he's going into the portal and he's going to be in a situation like Joe where he's going to get multiple power five high class offers within minutes. Because again, and when you look in the portal, outside of the guys like Joe, the highly experienced grad transfer guys, the only guys more more valuable are going to be the underclassmen with starting experience because they have that same experience with more eligibility left. So, right. yeah, it's the reason why, you know, uh, Jihad will be uh, – it's the reason why it's advantageous for him to get in the portal. And, you know, while this is as one-to-one transaction you're going to you're gonna get in terms of the portal giving and the portal taking away, I – um you know, safety is such a – especially for me, it's, that's a position to where it's a high variance of what your, your safety can impact week to week or just team to team. There are some safeties where you literally can't name the safety. And then you got guys like Cam Chancellor to where you literally, you know, can't run certain routes or certain stuff because of how hard he hits people over the middle. So, you know, when you have a guy like Jihad, I think he's a, um, like a, a force multiplier, but um, it's not the worst thing in the world. If you don't have a good safety next year, I'll say it like that. Yeah. It's, it's certainly not the same as, you know, losing a quarterback or, or, you know, or cornerback. Or corner, right? Yeah, corners. I think Deuce is, is a bigger loss because corner is is such a difficult position to play. And in the three three five, they put those guys out on islands all the time, right? So, um, you know, that's that's also part of it. But uh, we'll we'll see how how Syracuse, uh, you know, how how this all works out. I honestly, I think in in a perfect world, you'd like to see Jihad Carter go somewhere and be successful at, at his next destination, and have uh, Jaden Gold come in and and play really well and have. Syracuse, you know, feel like uh, they didn't lose any productivity by by losing Chad Carter. So it's a win win for all parties. That would be in a perfect world. Uh, let's get into Syracuse basketball, because honestly, we've we've ignored it for a few episodes. And because there's been so much going on with Syracuse football and then with Syracuse football, with Syracuse soccer winning the national championship. Had to, uh, of course, cover that. And um, to be honest, when we started talking about Syracuse soccer, uh, Syracuse basketball was not overly 
entertaining, we'll say, that things were not good. Oh, I was so. going to be entertained. I, I think that may have been right. <laughs> I was entertained. People was out here getting slapped. That was entertaining to me. That well, that is that is accurate. I mean, there there was some slapping going on. The Bryant game was entertaining, but there was a lot of things. Maybe other things, perhaps not so much. But that aside, um, Syracuse. Since the last time we talked about them, they're on a four game. I, I, I think we talked about them after the Notre Dame game, but they're on a four game winning streak right now. Uh, they had that impressive road win at Notre Dame. Then they blew out Oakland. They beat rival Georgetown by twenty at home. Didn't look all that great against Monmouth, but did enough to to be able to win that game. Four games in a row. You've got Cornell coming in on Saturday. Your your thoughts, uh, Josh, we'll start with you on the state of Syracuse basketball. Do you think this team is showing some potential that, that they could at least be a competitive team for the rest of the season? The teacher says, do not go back after you went on the test. I'm going to cheat because I know this is pertinent and I know you're a guru for this. So... Excuse <laughs> this. I, I was reading proven on the Twitter timeline. Shout out Elon Musk. Um, and I saw a thing to where there was a, a um, let me, I got it pulled up. With the with Jalen Gould committing, you know, the New Jersey DB pipeline at SU, there is a freshman at Notre Dame that entered the portal, uh, Jalen, Jaden Bellamy. He's from New Jersey too, um, and he's been linked to SU. Have you heard about this? What are your thoughts about it? Please, sir. Bet, say less. Um, basketball. <laughs> um, Cornell um, is supposed to be like a really good program. I read it. They are. They're they're good this year. They they played a couple of power uh, power conference teams in uh, Miami and Boston College, and they lost to each by two points. Okay. Uh, and, so yeah. So that's like a tournament team. That's the Miami game. Team. Yeah. Th- this is exactly if you were like a three to five seed, even maybe the up to a game. six seed. This is the type of team that you would see in round one. A team that can score, a team that can shoot. You want to know how much they can score? This was the final score of their of their loss to uh, Miami, where they lost by two points in their most recent game. 107 to 105. I just, that was I'm regulation, no overtimes. Zero overtimes. That was regulation. And Jim Lanegro is a guy that played basketball a lot. That's always a guy that's – like, they're never going to be out coached. So the fact that they fought – that good against a team that's coached by him. That doesn't like Miami doesn't any team by a coach Larry Nigga doesn't beat themselves. So they played really good that whole game. That's crazy. They both hit hundred. They did. Now they weren't they weren't great defensively because they gave up 107 points and, and Miami shot over 55% from the floor. But but they can they can shoot. They can score. And so it's it's definitely going to be a challenge for Syracuse. But um you know I think with these four games in a row, this is kind of the last game in the next three ish where you feel like that's a, a good team that if Syracuse plays well, they could still potentially lose. Um, and I think would be a quality win on their resume, quote unquote. So it's, it's gonna be interesting, interesting to see. It probably be their biggest win to date, to be honest with you. Honestly, like, we talk about, you know, they uh, not squander. Cause you, I mean, you don't want to get blown out like that by Illinois, but that was a, a opportunity to get a quad on win that you could have got. It was, this they was were in that game for win. most of it, but it, but it got away from me. This is we talk about you know with, with Penny coming to, to town. I've gotten up on my college basketball jargon. You can't get enough of these quad one opportunities, quad one wins. And when you get a team like Cornell, um, I don't know if it's gonna be quad one or quad two, depending upon you know being at home and them they'll being, probably be quad two. But but it's still it's quad two, and you don't expect Cornell to be quad two. And it's it's one of those games to where like real us as in that basketball having in that basketball knowledge would know that this is a good win. The public would definitely be like, "Hey, it's not a big deal." The SUB Cornell, but we all being in the program, being in touch with the program, 
we'll be able to look at that, especially if they do it convincingly. We'll be able to look at it and be like, hey, this is a, a turning of the corner. This is a stepping stone to a better season type of deal. So depending on how you get some of your other guys that have been kind of floating, Benny, Jesse, um, well, Jesse did because last game. Um, you want to start to see some of that consistency get established in, well, with the, the turn of the turn of the calendar right around. Your thoughts, Sammy? Uh, I would say more looking at those last three games, since we did talk a little bit about Notre Dame, I was impressed that they didn't rely on one way to score in all three of those games. They kind of excelled in a different area in each of those games. Noticing, um, I believe it was uh, the first game that um, – uh, who they Oakland. play three games? Oakland. Oh, Oakland. Um, it was points in the paint in that game. I believe they had almost 60 points in the paint in that game. Um, and then turn right around and they have 24 points off for turnovers, still pretty good points in the paint with 46. Um, but awful three point percentage that they were able to make up for. They were three for 14 on the game yet. Still, they made up for it and put together a quality, almost 20 point win, 19 point win there. Uh, and then, yeah, you mentioned they weren't great against Monmouth, but after going three for 14, they turned around and shot over 50% from three in the next game. So that kind of ability to maybe if you could find a little consistency across the board in all those areas, that'd be a little better, but certainly showing that they have the ability to score in a, a variety of ways, obviously stabilizing all of those ways would be um, your best, uh, best choice, but showing that they have that ability. Yeah. And, and to your point against Georgetown, they only got to the free throw line seven times. They got to the free throw line 49 times in the last two games, and and they've made 42 of those, 86% as well. Um, and and rebounding has been a little bit better. Uh, you know, Benny Williams has, has been a little better there. You know, still not getting a ton from Chris Bell, but um, you feel like that Joe is finally out of his. He's actually legitimately out of his slump. He's he's given you something offensively the last three four games. And that's that's made a big difference. And then, you know, Judah's the reigning ACC Rookie of the Week. He had a, a really strong week uh, the week before. And, you know, so th- this is, to, to Josh's point, this is almost a, I don't know that this is the corner-turning game, but this continues the corner turn. Because I think that Notre Dame game is, is where things turn. You're able to squeak out that game on the road, and then you parlay that into a, an extended winning streak where they have four in a row right now, you win this game, you push that to five, and you've got two or three ahead of you where you can push it to seven or eight. And and you've you've done that. You've turned the corner, and you're now a team that teams have to take seriously. You lose this game, and it will feel a little bit like two steps forward, one step back. And we can sit here and say, yeah, Cornell's a good basketball team. At the end of the day, if you have a season where you lose to Colgate, Cornell, and Bryant as Syracuse, there are people that are going to look at that and say, that's bad. You, There's something wrong with your program. And it doesn't matter how good those teams are. Those teams are probably all going to win their leagues and all are expected to be in the NCAA tournament. doesn't matter. It, as Syracuse, you can't lose to Colgate, Bryant, and Cornell in the same year, regardless of how good they are. So that's that's kind of where we're at with that. We'll see how it all plays out, and we will break it all down for you um, afterwards, as we always do. But that'll do it for Josh and Sammy and myself, episode 64 of the Believe in Syracuse podcast. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you next time.
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.